Man, this book jumps right into the thick of things right away. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I know. I wish the first book was similar. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Is Fitz Happy? I'm Luke. And I'm Emma. And today we are discussing Chapter 1 of Royal Assassin, Silt Bay. And we got a friend in the background, our local lawnmower here, so if you hear anything, please excuse us. <laughs> <laughs> Starting off this chapter, though, uh, it discusses the queen or king-in-waiting and their tasks and how they get their powers at 16. It was mostly to dissuade power-grabbing from the young kids and how the kings and queens who were in rule pretty much gave away all of the tasks that they didn't want to do anymore to their kids at this point. Um, Chivalry, and then therefore Verity later, after Chivalry abdicated, got the tasks of like the borders, the boundaries, the war, diplomacy, negotiating things, pretty much everything that had long extended travel. Mm -hmm. Well, because Shrewd is old and... I'm sure. I mean, yeah. he seems like the guy that doesn't want to go out campaigning either. He's like, I'll, yeah. I'll sit at home and kind of pull strings. He and Shade are very similar. Yes, true. But it is interesting because later we find out that basically what he's known for, what he did in his youth is um, define the borders. So yeah. you would think that would be a lot more traveling than sitting back. But maybe it's not. I don't know. I've it's- never been a queen so <laughs> um anything else you really want to talk about shrewd with because then it moves on to ketrican here um and it speaks on how she is no longer very well received yeah um i guess just that it's interesting to me that it just so happens that the shrewd's favorite son lines up so well with the qualities that Shrewd doesn't like to attend to. Mm, that's true. Um, and so I wonder if it was really what he doesn't like doing or if it was to bolster his son to give give him a better standing, which backfired when Verity had to step in because Verity isn't had really no talented yeah. <laughs> in um, people, <laughs> in negotiations. Well, in negotiations. Yeah. He's, he's talented not like diplomatic people. people. Yeah. He's a people's person. Yep. That makes sense. Um, But yeah, that was just a thought I had that I wanted to mention. Interesting. Um, But yeah, uh, Shrewd's plan worked briefly. But Mm -hmm. then since it's wartime between two nations, and I'm sure there's a ton of nationalism going on with the six duchies, this foreign queen comes in and she's no longer really welcome. And she seems just way too out there and different than the six duchies. So the people there can't relate they don't see hope in that they they want to make buck keep great again yeah yeah (laughs) uh and um assuming that this is fitz writing this part we don't know for sure um but i'm kind of going on the assumption it's fitz writing most of these blurbs unless otherwise stated um it says that in peaceful times perhaps she would have been received with more tolerance but the court at Buckkeep seethed with the general unrest of the six duchies. And 
that like kind of makes sense. I mean, yeah. it was such a long shot for like, oh, everything's going to be fine after this wedding, mm-hmm. which I mean, it was for the wedding festivities and right. for a few months afterwards. I think it would have even been fine if there had been no winter attacks. Mm, that's I think it, true. Because it would the joy of the occasion wouldn't have been tainted yeah. with the horrors of war. And so I really think that a lot of this has to do with the rising tension of we're not even safe in the winter, yeah. which is a big development because up until this point, they were safe during winter. Um, so it kind of would throw you off balance because nothing is certain anymore. And so even the normal patterns that you've gotten used to, even if they're horrible and you lose a ton of people, at least it's only in spring and summer. Right. And now it's all of the time. <laughs> I don't know. So I don't think that helped. Definitely not. But also we know that Ketrickin has different ideals um and it just a general different way of presenting herself she's kind of soft-spoken i mean she's a very strong woman and um knows what she wants to do but she's not used to court intrigue and it's a different language it's, yeah and... there's a language barrier yeah. um and so i think she's just really calm and that's probably not the most fashionable thing to be for a lady at this point in time. <laughs> that's probably true, yeah. And it, it says that uh, King in waiting Verity convinced that his skill was no longer sufficient to hold the raiders at bay, put his attentions to building warships to guard the coastal duchies with little time for his new queen. And uh, it kind of goes over that, like, Regal was also vying for power and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the in, in, inland duchies don't want to pay taxes. Everything we've kind of gone over in the past book, there's still a little bit of the recap in this blurb that was more present in the prologue last episode. And overall, King Shrewd is pulling the strings, trying to keep his sons in balance and the kingdom, you know, relatively at peace during this wartime. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it does mention King Shrewd. Um, it says he's crouched like a great spider. And I just wanted to point out this imagery because um, this spider imagery is in later books, especially is typically ascribed to Jade. Jade yeah. And I just think it's interesting. Last book, there was also a mention of King Shrewd being spider like. Um, and I think there was a Jade reference as well that was less like said spider but it was more implied like he has webs yeah um but i just find it interesting that the brothers are um very similar and mm-hmm. i think that really there's really subtle ways that are brought up that i just kind of like the second time through they pull the strings mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then last episode we had fitz falling asleep um in front of the fire sitting down you know staring into the flames Mm -hmm. relaxing completely and letting down his guard and he was skilling and he wakes up in somebody else's body yeah well he doesn't know that (laughs) he doesn't know he wakes up very confused because he sees the fool in front of him um and the fool is wearing green and red just so you know like (laughs) i pointed out last episode it's uh, got dressed in what a green pants and red shirt and he's like oh Uh I'm dressed more brightly than the fool ever would, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he doesn't know that he's in 
Shrewd's body. He's skilling into Shrewd's mind right now and taking control of his body at the moment. Um, yeah, and so when we first when he first opens his eyes, like we said, the fool is there, but I think it's interesting to point out um that he's not just mentioned as the fool, he's mentioned as King Shrewd's fool. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because this is the first chapter in the second the book. Chapter. So it's like to remind you that technically yeah. the fool is owned by King Shrewd, which mm-hmm. is like gross when you think about it. <laughs> but like I mean, yeah. a lot of those relationships back in feudal times. Right. Are... I just ugh, I hate it what like he's owned by somebody. Uh, possessive. Just, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so we're reminded who he is, but I just thought it was interesting. Maybe like a little bit of touch of mm, I'm in the palace. I'm King Frood right now, but I'm not. Or maybe that's, you know, like I said before, could be a little way to remind you. Yeah, it could be a little a hint towards the reader, but it's I don't think it's directed at Fitz or Fitz is thinking that I think it's mainly directed at the reader. One to give a little clue like Hey, remember You're, this person? Yeah, this is, you know, yeah. King Shrewd's place. Which, how and could to, you forget the fool? But. Yeah. <laughs> and to that, it's, you know, the first chapter of the right. second right. book. So, um, But yeah, he's uh, very surprised, stares at the fool wildly, and the fool kind of like recoils a little bit and is startled by that, that look because the fool thinks it's just King Shrewd. Mm-hmm. And through this whole chapter, the fool just thinks it's King Shrewd and is answering him. Yeah. Which I think kind of speaks to um, the level of deterioration there is with yeah. King Shrewd's mind mm-hmm. that the fool doesn't once suspect that this could possibly be anyone else. Which, granted, he doesn't know much about how the yeah, skill works, true. but still, the fact that some of the things that Fitz is going to say um, is very much like, I'm not. King Shrewd, that I like this is me, I'm not here. Yeah. Yeah. And so the fact that it he's sad but not surprised is very telling. He's a little bit worried about it. It seems like it's almost worse than normal in just some of the reactions that Hob writes down about the fool. But yeah, like you said, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Shrewd is acting like this. It really tells. Yeah, which I think is yeah, I think it's a good detail. The Mm -hmm. just little detail. Yeah, definitely. When I read this chapter the first time around, I was so confused until the end of it. <laughs> um, but but it really is well done once you, you know, you know that Fitz is occupying and controlling Shrewd's body. Shrewd cannot hear what Fitz says out of his mouth. I don't know. It's weird. I, like, yeah, it's very unclear because sometimes... Fitz isn't in control and it's all shrewd, mm-hmm. but we actually don't, there's no indication that shrewd can't hear Fitz. Uh, later on in the conversation about Molly, there's like a back and forth that makes me think that mm. he can't hear some of the comments. Interesting. I just um, think it's I'll really I'll point those weird. out when Okay, we yeah, definitely do. No, I just thought it was really interesting that there's no, it's almost like a dr- like a dream, like a real yeah. dream where you are dreaming you're somebody else and then suddenly things are happening that you have no control over. And so, yeah. I don't know, very interesting. Yeah, but we're occupying the king's body and he is not doing well. He's His bed is soaked. Um, he's sweating during the night, pretty much the whole night. He knows that like he's been sick at some point in the past and he's like telling the fool hey i didn't expect to see you here and the fool 
this is this chapter gives us the best insight on shrewd and the fool first of all but shrewd's feelings in general right because we're inside of shrewd's mind for like the only time Mm -hmm. uh, which is also a very clever thing that um that robin hobb does is this is a first person narrative but this magic allows you to be inside of somebody else's head Uh and gives you you know a little bit of their thoughts and their feelings towards certain subjects and things like that and it really shows an unguarded king shrewd which we never get yeah beyond this chapter i don't think yeah maybe in some writing yeah i'm yeah i don't think or a little bit entails from the fool later right but just barely anything never like a first person king shrewd in depth as we get in this one Mm -hmm. while he still has a little bit of his mind to him right especially but the fool is extremely caring he's extremely worried about king shrewd they obviously care for one another Mm -hmm. and he's just like my back you know He's fluffing the pillows. Yeah, he's fluffing the pillows. Like he offers to change the sheets. Let me make you comfortable. All that sort of thing, and fits in his head. Which this is like one of your first tells. He has a thought. He's like, I knew I could ask the fool to change them, the sheets or the pillows, and he would. But I would just sweat anew if he did. It was useless. And that's one of the things. Like that's not Fitz's thought. That's Shrewd's thought. Like intruding on everything. Yeah. And before that, like he has like an embroidered nightshirt and there's a couple like little hints in here that something isn't right. But it's just kind of like taking it in stride because he thinks he woke up and this is how it is now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's And it's hard to tell his thoughts from Shrewd's at this point. Right. Exactly. Um, because he's not expecting there to be anybody else's thoughts in his head, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But also there's even um, a point where he... Glances down and sees an embroidered nightshirt yeah. and rich bed covers. And it says, something seemed odd about them. I was too tired and weak to puzzle it out. And that's like Fitz intruding thought about like, this is wrong, but Shrewd's mind is like, no, this is right. So something seemed odd about them, but he's mm-hmm. like, ah, I'll just brush it off. It's yeah, fine. That's not important. There's <laughs> two different realities. They're kind of colliding there in their thoughts. And... The fool goes on to talk about Shrewd's weakness and his sickness and everything. And he says, um, well, Fitz asks the fool bluntly in Shrewd's body, why have you come here? And uh, the fool says, my lord, I mistrust this sudden weakness. You seem to take no good from this healer's ministrations. I fear that his knowledge is much smaller than his opinion of it. Sick burn. Yeah. Burek, I asked incredulously. Obviously, Fitz thinking that the healer is talking about Fitz's healer, Burek. Mm-hmm. And the fool is like, would that he would that he were here, my lord. He may be the stable master, but for all that, I warrant he is more of a healer than this Wallace, who doses and sweats you. Uh, obviously, Fitz is very confused about this, and it makes the fool seem like, oh... Yeah. He was like a dementia or something. Yeah. The fool's face grew graver. No, my king, he remained in the mountains, as you well know, speaking of Beric. Mm-hmm. Your king, I said, and attempted to laugh. Such mockery. Never, my lord, he said gently. Never. His tenderness confused me. This was not the fool I knew, full of twisting words and riddles, of sly jabs and puns and cunning insults. 
I felt suddenly stretched thin as an old rope and as frayed. Still, I tried to piece things together. Then I am in Buckkeep? He nodded slowly. Of course you are. Worry pinched his mouth. And Fitz, of course, gets mad here because he's a teenage boy and he's like, wow, I was returned against my word, like, without my knowing. Uh huh. Which also, betrayal. <laughs> zero realization that it's a, like, several like week long yeah. journey. <laughs> And he would have had to been passed out the entire time, which is probably not feasible. Um, but yeah, the fool, the fool then's like, "Hey, you always feel better after you eat. I've kept food warm for you." Fitz thinks about like the mountain food that he's had. He hasn't had beef in a long time. That mm-hmm. it's beef stew, and like, oh, I only have venison and stuff up there. And um, he recognizes that recognizes that this was the king's bedchamber now. Yeah. He's like, okay, this is the king's bedchamber. Why was I here in the king's own bed? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Fitz. I tried to ask the fool, but another spoke with my lips. I know too many things, fool. I can no longer stop myself from knowing them. And he says more that I want to talk on, but um, that line right there, I think, is a couple different things. One, we know that the king's skill isn't all that it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, last book it was described as like burned out and blunted and not as you know well used and practiced as it should be right and in this chapter in this book he doesn't have a lot left one because it started to get drains later mm-hmm. but two um in this chapter itself it could be because of sickness but he doesn't have a lot of strength to do it for very long so i think it's somewhat of his skill wandering and like you know checking in on people without his knowing and some is like the intruding thoughts of like, I think Shrewd heard Fitz thinking about the Mountain Kingdom's food. He's like the same way that like, right. um, I know the fool would change my sheets, but mm-hmm. it would be useless because I'd sweat through them right away. So like Shrewd is hearing, oh, beef stew. That sounds wonderful. I know in the Mountain Kingdom, they only get venison. Yeah. It's like, why do I know these things? <laughs> That's a good, Yeah. Good thing to point out. Sometimes it is as if another controlled my will and pushed my mind where I would rather it did not go. My walls are breached. It all pours in like a tide. Has this happened before, do you think? Or is it just his skill spilling out and like... Or him trying to warn the fool like, my wall defenses have been breached? Or is it just like... Him in general speaking of, like, I I can't really contain myself and I go everywhere and I'm not all that I used to be. Well, I guess I have a question before I answer your question. Sure. Do we know when Will starts draining? No, it's I not. I don't think we do. I think it's Will. Okay. I thought so too. Um, I'm not positive, but I think it is. So we don't know for sure. We just know that he does. Yes. But we don't know how long it's been. Right. It could have been just that night that they were going to kill Shrewd. I, I guess we'll figure out on this reread. I just don't remember. Yeah. I don't think it was right away. Because my thought in this is that Will has been poking around. Um, earlier, mm. we have the... Um, we know that now there's the plan in place of weakening Shrewd yep. with the faulty healer yeah. who isn't doing anything to help him. It's only making him worse. Right. Um, but I think this speech of my walls have been breached. Something's wrong. 
I saw this as Will has been poking around and maybe he just started getting the walls down. Like he's not taking a ton yet, but he's like finding the holes in the defense to get it out easier. Yeah. Um, And I was thinking that maybe this is why he's skilling at random and it's erratic because he has no control of his walls being up anymore because somebody's broken through them. And I say that because Will isn't skilled. I mean, he is, but he's not a skill master. He hasn't been trained properly. So in my mind, he's done something wrong to where instead of like sneaking in through the back door, he's left the back door open even when he's not around. Right. And so before when we saw Shrewd couldn't even be reached by Fitz when Fitz was hammering, um, now that wall isn't as sturdy. I don't know. No, that makes sense to me. That'd be a, be a good thing to look out for to see how early Will has been doing stuff. Yeah. How shady he's acting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this rising tide or the, you know, the, the, um, it all pours in like a tide kind of gradually shifts to a skill vision that Trude is falling into. And he sees raiders coming towards Silt Bay, towards a small village. Even through winter, there's there hasn't been really the winter storms. It, winter was really, you know, uh, light on everything. It says winter has crept in too softly. She has spared us both her storms and her protection. And he like points off into the distance see do you see and the fool comes over and loyally puts his hand on his shoulder and looks where shrewd is pointing and obviously they're in this chamber and only shrewd can see this and fits because he's Mm -hmm. along for the ride but it really goes to show like how concerned and how like side by side and like a partnership they are right well this scene also makes me wonder two things um one if the king has had false visions before. Um, and mm. so the fool's kind of playing along to see what's going on to check on just because he's like potentially looking at nothing. Um, and we know that Shrewd is kind of losing it at this point. Um, so maybe there's like a chance that some of his visions are wrong. It's just his own mind playing tricks on him. Maybe. Um, but also my other thought was, I wonder if the fool is touching him to kind of ground, like looking at the path. Like he's trying to see which version of the future we're on or which path we're on to the future and which version of that has a winter uh, attack. Right. So I was just kind of wondering if that could also be part of why he plays along. Definitely could be. I, I really don't think it's the... Like, Shrewd is having false visions or anything. I don't think he's that far gone yet. Mm. Um, I really don't... I don't believe that. I I would be more um, likely to think that Shrewd has had just skill visions before. Mm. And, like, has been looked in on that. I don't think Shrewd has had hallucinations or anything like that before. And I don't think he's, you know, that mentally impaired yet. Right. Um, well, it's more like physically because he's sick and it starts to wander and like he gets duller because people are messing with his brain. Right. But I, I mean, I'm just saying like, 
I don't think every once in a while having a false vision means that he's worse off at just that, like, there's a possibility that some, like, because his brain is slipping, that occasionally he loses lucidness. Right. Um, I just don't think that that has happened personally. I don't think he's lost that many faculties yet in my own, in my own read, at least. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a lot worse than I remembered it being so early on. So. I mean, with this looking at it's, it's also, I mean, yeah, it's bad, but it's also the mix of Fitz and him in one brain at this point. And he doesn't know that. So I think it seems a little bit worse. That's fair. Well, but I mean, before this, Shrewd had nothing wrong with him as far as we knew. So yeah. this is like way worse than it like he seemed last book, I guess. Who knows what the poisons reader. they were putting in. Because yeah. obviously Regal's plan was marry Ketrikin, get rid of Rurisk, get rid of Verity, weaken my father. Right. And but, eventually kill him. True. That's why like Wallace was probably set on that path before even But I mean Regal is there right now, so it makes me wonder if like this is Regal's backup plan. Could be. Um, or if this was already set in motion, like you said. I don't know. I it was probably planned out, but um when he got back he set it in motion. That's what I would think. Like it's like, oh, this would be the next step in it. Might as well keep going because I can still turn this to my advantage. I don't know. Because Regal's ever the optimist. That's true. <laughs> I mean, he didn't get in trouble for trying to kill his brother. True. So true. what's to stop him? <laughs> All right. So this vision is two red ships um, coming in Sisilpe. Everything's quiet. The guards are asleep and they die in their sleep. And it, it's a sincere tragedy here. Hob goes into a lot of details about things that are happening to the village. Um, I don't really want to go over closely too many because obviously, it, honestly, it's just people dying yeah. um, in different ways. Right. Um, I do want to say that the Out Islanders come quickly and quietly. Um because they're professionals and it just shows that they've done this so many times. Yeah. yeah. Um, they have incapacitated the watchtowers ahead mm-hmm. of them getting there. So somehow they have sent somebody on land ahead of them yep. and know where the watchtowers are and how to get to them and get to the people watching. Um, they also have rags tied on their oars so they don't even alert anybody who might just be walking around at night in the village like this is a professional job they i think that those little details are important important to point Mm -hmm. out um because up until this point we don't really know how they're getting in and like how they're getting past the guards and i think this is a good look at these people have an inside they have to have some sort of inside person telling them information right because how else would they you know know where the guard tower is and i mean i guess maybe they just know but i don't know i just find that those parts really interesting and how they're working and getting past all the defenses yeah definitely and 
Silpe, it goes into a description of how Silpe, sure, is prepared, they have guards or whatever, but they never thought that raiders would come to them because there's, you know, nothing really there of value for them to take. Um, but these are the red ship raiders and they're not there for material goods. Mm-hmm. They have good wool. Yeah, they have good spun, wool. Uh, is spun into fine yarn. So, Shrewd is watching. And he he watches them, you know, kill the crews of the ships that are there, go through town, and and he takes a break to talk to the fool. Um, before he talks to the fool, there's a line I wanted to point out. They trickled silently up the streets in bands of twos and threes, as deadly as poison unfurling in wine. And... That's kind of a Fitz imagery there. Yeah, it is. Um, so it's just, I thought, a really neat little, this is also Fitz watching. Right. And may, I mean, maybe the king would also think like that, but I feel like that's a little bit of Fitz's voice coming through, and we're seeing it the way Fitz would also see it. More mingling of the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, which is... <sighs> It's super interesting that we lived in Fitz's mind for a full book, mm-hmm. and Shrewd, we've never seen part of his mind, like, ever. No. Like, except for, like, one sentence <laughs> yeah. when they were skilling or something at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can kind of pick out what's different with Shrewd's thoughts and Fitz's thoughts by just, yeah. like, seeing descriptions and mm-hmm. how they think about things. Cool. Um, but he uh, he describes himself as I could do nothing except watch. I coughed heavily, then found a breath to speak. If only I could understand them, I said to the fool. If only I knew what they wanted. There's no sense for them, and you know, if only I could understand them. And he's kind of just hoping for it. But the fool obviously isn't just like a mere servant. He's like there to discuss with shrewd and mm-hmm. they might have even had this discussion before he he pursed his pale lips and considered they partake of the madness of he who drives them they can only be understood if you share that madness i myself have no wish to understand them understanding them will not stop them i was wondering if uh you think that the fool knows of kebble kebble rawbread they partake of the madness of he who drives them, or he just thinks that it's a nameless. These people are crazy. Why would they just right. do this? There's no sense in understanding them. Or do you think he's seen like a little bit? Um, because he doesn't know the pale lady is there, right? I think if he knew more, he would have said she. Right. I think this is just a general he, or maybe he does know about. Kevil, just because I, the king should know about the leader, right? I'm, or do they they're not so, know yet? They don't know all the leaders because there's so many different. They don't have a central government, right? So I don't. They, they might don't have like a li- that, yeah. They might have a list of royal or like quote unquote royal families or like right. clan families, but they probably don't know. But Kevil isn't even royal, so he wouldn't be on the list. Yeah, right. I think this is more of a general he, or maybe it's a little bit of knowing he. Um, there's potential that Kebble is written about. 
Right. Especially because he's used as a catalyst. So it wouldn't surprise me if like he like the fool knows a little bit. But I feel like if he knew that much information, even if it was just a name, he would have told Shrewd. And if Shrewd doesn't know, I don't think the fool knows. Just from this interaction of how close they are, um, it seems like the fool doesn't really hold anything back. The next couple pages here really highlight kind of what we've discussed in the past about Trude, how he seems kind of heartless and like callous, and he's just you know using tools for the betterment of his power of the six duchies and stuff like that. But it mm-hmm. really shows his empathy for his people and how he really wants everyone to you know prosper. Right. It's and and how helpless he feels right now. Yeah. Um. He says, I did not want to watch the village. I had seen this nightmare too often, but only a heartless man could have turned away as if it were a poorly staged puppet show. The least I could do for my people was watch them die. It also was the most I could do for them. I was sick and a cripple, an old man far away. I... I'm wondering if this line, the I I was sick and a cripple, an old man far away, no more could be expected from me, so I watched. Do you think that's a blend of the two of them? I think it's a blend. I think it shows the relate like how they're definitely related. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I think a lot of this chapter illuminates um that as much as Shiv or Fitz is Chivalry's son, he's also Shrewd's grandson. Mm Mm-hmm. And as hard as I am on Trude, I know that he cares about his people in his own way. I just don't particularly subscribe to the way that he goes about caring for them. Right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I can acknowledge that he is a compassionate person. Um, I do. I do think this is. Like specifically. Yeah. Literal intermixing of their thoughts. Uh huh. Right. But also the whole idea of. I should suffer because they're suffering. There's nothing else I can do but share in their suffering. Is such a farcier thought. Like <laughs> you don't have to suffer with them. And hashtag I mean, farcier thoughts, <laughs> the worst kind. It's just I don't understand why he can't. Just tell Verity now. Don't watch it anymore. Tell Verity now, and Verity can watch. Or, ah, but the more information that you can get, he and Shade are so much alike. But the thing is, you're not getting any useful information out of this. So, if I he don't told know. Verity now, what was he going to do in the five extra minutes that he has? I guess I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, it's not as though there's nothing he could do in this moment besides watch. Um, and I don't think watching this horrible thing happen to your people. Or, like, choosing not to watch it is a weakness, um, which Shrewd seems to think it would be. That it's heartless to not watch. I think it's fine to... Spare yourself some gruesome scenes. Uh Uh-huh. Not give yourself nightmares, but, I mean, I'm not Shrewd, so... There are... There are very uh, in-depth descriptions. Not literally down to like details but it's it's a horror scene right is what's described it's basically people murdering others for no reason which is part of the reason why it's really hard to read well and also people murdering their family for yeah. the reason of not to be captured by these other people right 
It's very sad. It's extremely sad. Uh, it's it is hard to read. Um, and you know, houses are on fire and screams are rising to the night sky as if born on the smoke. And then, then comes a very interesting passage between Shrewd and the Fool, which we've also talked about in the past. Um, and that's how they actually, how much Shrewd knows of the Fool mm-hmm. and what he keeps him around for, what he uses him for, basically. What's his tool? Mm-hmm. And he commands the Fool to remember forward. Um and I'm sure that's how the fool has described it to him. It's like I, I see pretty much mm-hmm. what's going to happen in the future, but there's different chances. So I'm just kind of like remembering possibilities. Yeah. It's like, what do they say about Silt Bay? A raid on Silt, a raid on Silt Bay in winter. And the fool says it's not easy nor clear. All wavers. All is changed still. Too much in flux, Your Majesty. The future spills out in all directions there. And that just like goes to show that, um, and a couple passages later, that the fool has spoken to him in depth about how this works. Mm-hmm. That like changes are happening all the time. That changes what I see in the future. Like, they they've actually had like very in depth conversations about this, and Trude has made use of this. Yeah. Which really calls into question why he still makes poor decisions. (laughs) If he literally has a magic eight ball that actually works at his disposal. Yeah, but the magic eight ball will show you 10 different things and one of them is a good outcome, but you don't know which one that is until you pick one of the other ones. That's fair. (laughs) It's basically just a, I guess just like a a mood reader. Because he's like... (laughs) It's like, hey, what do they say about Silpe? And then Fool gives gives him this feedback, like, they have a song about it. They uh-huh. sing it in taverns. You know, this was a triumphant song because no one was captured alive to be forged. Um, so he kind of knows what's going to happen. He doesn't know if that's, like, a good or bad thing, but he knows, like, yeah. wow, crap. Like, the mood in the Six Duchies really sucks because that's triumphant. Yeah. That's a... Uh, that's a victory. I don't know. It just gives him like a little barometer on the future. More than he had before, I guess. Yeah. All that's comes fair. down to knowledge. True. I don't know. Okay, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> and like the fool says in this instant, the future is spilling out everywhere. He can't tell what's going to happen for sure because like Fitz, there are a million little things that can happen that you don't expect it really just depends on the actions taken Mm -hmm. and if he's not there to influence the actions i guess he can't guarantee which outcome is going to happen right so fair enough this part is also where we explicitly see the fool mentioned with future telling Mm -hmm. or you know prophecies or anything like that Last book, we had a couple instances where he kind of said something and it kind of came true and, you know, the sea purge really helped him. And that was obviously foresight of some re- of some sort. But this is explicitly like, fool, think ahead. What are they going to say about this? And then him saying, one can imagine the brave stand these folks made going down fighting rather than surrendering. Not one, not one single person was taken alive and forged. Not one. 
The fool paused. A hysterical note mingled with the levity he forced into his voice. Of course, when you're drinking and singing, you don't see the blood, or smell the burning flesh, or hear the screams. But that's understandable. Have you ever tried to find a rhyme for dismembered child? Someone once tried remembered wild, but the verse didn't, still didn't quite scan. There was no merriment in his banter. His bitter jests can shield neither him nor me. He falls silent once more, my prisoner doomed to share his painful knowledge with me. And rereading this, you know, the, the last few times, just, it makes me pity the fool so much to yeah. have to go through this kind of thing mm-hmm. all the time. And he can force his mind away from it, but if he wants to help his savior and his friend, King Shrewd, Shrewd is going to make him do these things. Right. And that's why I think Shrewd mentions him as his prisoner, basically doomed to share his painful knowledge with me. Because Shrewd knows that he, that it hurts him to do this. But yeah. also, Shrewd needs him to do this yeah. in his mind. So, Well, I think it's interesting how their skills are mirrored in this instant. Um, neither of them wants to see... Yeah. But both of them are seeing destruction. The fool on a greater scale because he can see every turn that might take every possible way of these people dying. Right. Um. And I mean, that's not quite what Shrewd is seeing. He's seeing it in real time, which not great either. <laughs> um. But both of them know they're helpless to what's going on at this moment. And so I think that might be part of their camaraderie. I mean, I guess before this, there wasn't a war. It's only been going on for two years, and they've, they're presumably closer and have been for a while. This didn't bring them together as friends right. or whatever they are to each other, but... Um, Confidants, at least. Yeah. I don't know. I just... I don't know. I just think it's such an interesting relationship, and I wish we got more of it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Bob goes into another description, um... Of basically, you know, uh, horrible things and atrocities. And this is all of, in the perspective of, it's shrewd, basically just shrewd, um, watching all of this. And I think it's mostly shrewd's thoughts through this as well. Mm -hmm. Um, He witnesses in silence, basically. And then at the end, it's, uh, I was not spared the knowledge. It was my duty to know all these things and to recall them, all the things that actually happened rather than the song that will be sung of these people making a stand and not being taken alive. It's of, you know, uh, terrible things, but included in that, the least of some of which are the best arrows that some of these villagers are shooting or killing their own family members Mm -hmm. from being taken alive as they're dragged away. And that's like the least of some of these descriptions. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard to read. Yeah. Um, but he goes on and says not not all died. Some fled. Um, young man took four children underneath the docks with him to cling to the water until they left. Woman in a nightgown slipped from a house. Flames were already running up the side of the building. She carried one child in her arms and another clung to her skirts and followed her. Even in the darkness, the light from the burning huts woke burnished highlights in her hair. She glanced about fearfully, but the long knife she carried in her free hand was up and at the ready. 
I caught a glimpse of a small mouth set grimly, eyes narrowed fiercely. Then for an instant I saw that proud profile limed against firelight. Molly, I gasped. I reached a clawed hand to her. She lifted a door and shooed the children down into a a root cellar behind the blazing home. She lowered the door silently over all of them. Safe? No. And two raiders come around the corner. One of them was a a laughing woman. Um, One of them a man that immediately dies as the axe bites in and they tear open the door. As Molly stabs him in the throat. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the house collapses. And they don't see anything else. Fitz shrieks Molly through Shrewd's mouth again. Or at least in his mind, maybe. And the vision kind of pulls back. Mm-hmm. And um, with that leaping forward, because Fitz leaps again forward to try to, you know, save Molly or something. Mm-hmm. Shrewd's body and Fitz's body both reach into the fires in their respective places and grab a coal. Mm-hmm. And we see the aftermath of that with Shrewd right now, where the fool isn't really sur- surprised at this at all. My king, the fool said woefully. He knelt beside me, carefully removed the soup, um, moved the soup by the, my knee, moistened a napkin in the wine, and folded over my fingers. Could not feel it for the, you know, the void inside me, basically. The Mm -hmm. great wound inside me, Fitz kind of describes it as. All of a sudden, (laughs) this next paragraph, my burned fingers throb suddenly. And that's a a switch from Fitz thinking about this and Fitz occupying the mind Mm -hmm. to shrewd. Now, like, this is my body. My hand hurts. Yeah. Ow. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What had I been doing? What had I been thinking? The skill had come on me like a fit and then departed, leaving me as drained as an empty glass. Remind you of anybody? (laughs) Weariness flowed into me and pain rode it like a horse. I struggled to retain what I had seen. What woman was that? Is she important? The fool seemed even wearier, but struggled to gather gather himself. A woman at Silt Bay, he paused as if racking his brains. No, I have nothing. It is all a muddle, my king. So hard to know. Um, and then Fitz kind of takes over again and says, Molly has no children. It could not have been her. Then the fool replies, Molly? And then Shrewd comes back and is like, her name is Molly? I demanded. My head throbbed. Anger suddenly possessed me. Why do you torment me like this? That's why I think Shrewd can't hear what Fitz says out of his body. Mm. Because it's, you know, it's one body. The fool is having a conversation with one person, but Fitz and the king are alternating lines here. Right. So Shrewd's like, that woman, is she important? Who was she? The fool's like, there was a woman? I don't recall anything. And uh, Fitz is like, oh, it couldn't have been Molly. She has no kids. And so the, the fool is like, who the heck's Molly? Molly? <laughs> Who's on first? And and Shrewd is like, fool, didn't you just say that you didn't know who this woman was? Like, you don't know anything about a, a woman? Her name is Molly? Why do you torment me like this? Like, yeah. you said there was no one there, and now you know her name. Who is she? 
But he also remembered enough to know that or to like have seen her or know that she's important. Right. Yeah. It's that's such why a weird... I, it's the skill again. Yeah. Come on. Where's that scroll? about it? <laughs> <laughs> But it's that that conversation right there in particular confused me on the first like two read reads. And then I just like read it closer and I'm like, oh, OK, mm-hmm. got to stop skimming stuff once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> got to read deep. But yeah, that this this conversation really like it gets to the heart of like what how how is this skill joining working like are you just straight up possessing shrewd at alternating lines <laughs> and they don't remember anything of it but your memories are mingling together a little bit and there's a little bit of bleed over we just don't know right yeah it's really hard to tell and then the fool says my lord i know of no molly come come back to your bed and i will bring you some food and then fitz takes over again it's like i have to know if that was molly I have to know if she is dying. Fool, I have to know. The fool replies, it's not a thing I can command. You know that. Like your visions, mine rule me, not the reverse. I cannot pluck a thread from the tapestry, but must look where my eyes are pointed. The future, my king, is like a current in a channel. I cannot tell you where one drop of water goes, but I can tell you where the flow is strongest. And then... Shrewd takes over again and says, A woman at Silt Bay, I insisted. Part of me pitied my poor fool, but another part insisted. Um, also, just before I continue on, in Shrewd's mind, fool is not capitalized. Yeah. Um, because he knows that's not his name. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Fitz is yeah. the only one who really capitalizes it as the fool. Yeah. And names him. Well, maybe that's partially because... Fitz's name is literally Fitz. bastard. Yeah. So it's it, like, isn't it's that name. weird in his? <laughs> it isn't that weird in his brain to have a friend that's literally just named Fool. True. <laughs> um. But yeah, Shrewd insists here. Like a woman at Silpe, I would not have seen her so clearly if she were not important. Try. Who was she? Is she a significant? Yes, I am sure of it. Oh yes. And she's significant to Fitz, and that's why, with that skill joining, that thought, that forefront was directed to that woman. Right. And focused on her so much. Yeah. And in the grand scheme, she's not the most important. Right, right. So, I mean... She's important She's important. Fitz's story, of course. Yeah. But to this part of it, not really. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but this this next part is one of the saddest um, sections for both the fool and for the information that he relays, um, because he he's doing something that he doesn't like doing at all. He's focusing on. I don't even know if these are potential futures or if this is what is happening at the moment to mm-hmm. a bunch of different women and just going through what is happening. Right. Because he lists a bunch of tragedies and terrible things that are happening to a bunch of different women in Silt Bay at the moment or are about to happen to a bunch of different women trying to find this one significant woman in Trude's eyes and trying to find what happened out happened to Molly in Fitz's eyes. Right. Do you want to cover anything in there or just kind of go over it? Um, I do want to point out 
while fool the fool is doing this, um, he kind of changes. It, like his whole demeanor changes, and we see this happen over and over again whenever he is overtaken with his gift. Yeah. Um, I think this is the only time we've ever seen him willingly go into this state um, and seek it out in any way. Um, but he turns into the way he acts kind of around Fitz, where he's yeah. mean. Um, he is talking in riddles and he is being very blunt. He's not trying to sugarcoat anything. He's just telling things the way it is. Yeah. Um, and then ends it with like a joke almost mm-hmm. like an actual King's jester. Yeah. Joke. He, a silly giggling seized him. Useless creature, silly riddling soothsayer. Well, he could not help what he was. I left him and walked slowly back to my bed. So this is something that happens, I guess, often whenever he goes into the mm-hmm. state. I think it's really confusing to me. Yeah. Um, is this something that happens to every white whenever they go through looking at the future? Do they all become a weird version of themselves? I know the only other white we really see have vi- visions um, as B uh, later bo- in later books. And she does go into a daze, but I don't think she's ever described as being giggly and foolish. And I wonder if it's, you know, specific to each person or the predicament they're in. Or even just like how they view their skill themselves. Like for B, it's dreamlike because she thinks it's a dream. All of she's had all these dreams and now she's just watching a dream come true. So she's in a dreamlike trance. Whereas the fool thinks he's a fool. He's been told he's not really a white. Nobody believes that knows fully of his abilities, believes he is a real white, mm-hmm. that he is the chosen one. Right. So maybe because he feels like a fool, he has become that persona when using his gift. I don't know. I don't know if that's a real thing or just something I made up in my head, but yeah. Yeah. He reverts back to something that is comfortable and maybe it's just something to make shrewd, like say, oh, okay. He actually doesn't know, like Mm -hmm. just kind of put him off the track of like stopping Stopping him from forcing him to do something that he doesn't know and he can't like keep trying. He just, yeah, yeah I don't know. And I, I was uh, a little bit mistaken. He, he recites atrocities of what happens to women when Trude asks him again after this of what happened to her. This time he's just looking after the woman to see like what happened to her and the fool's like, I can't find anything basically and ends with that little joke. Um, did you know any such Molly Ratsy? No, I didn't think you would. Perhaps he should ask someone in, more in a position to know. The worms, perhaps. Just making a joke that she's dead, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, shrewd slash fits uh, found themselves shaking as if with an og. Um, a seizure, I told myself. I must call myself or risk a seizure. Did I want the fool to see me twitching and gasping? I didn't care. Nothing mattered except finding out if it, that was my Molly. And if so, had she perished? I had to know. And the fool 
tries to comfort Shrewd here and says that it's a very glad song, the one that they sing about Silt Bay. Triumphant, you know. That's how it is in the Six Duchies now. We kill our own so the raiders can't, and then we make victory songs about it. Amazing what folk will take comfort in when there's nothing else to hold on to. My vision softened. I knew suddenly that I'd dreamed. I'm not even here, I said faintly. This is a dream. I dream that I am King Shrewd. The fool responds, If you say so, my liege, it must be so. I, too, then, dream you are King Shrewd. If I pinch you, perhaps shall I awaken myself? <laughs> and Fitz has a realization. He looks down at his hands and he's like, Okay, I'm not myself. This is not me as 15 years old. This is what it feels like to be old and trapped in a body that isn't young. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, not sick where you can heal. This is every every month is the same every day is the same there's no chance of getting better yeah and then it switches to shrewd again i had thought briefly that i was 15 from somewhere came the scent of scorching flesh and burning hair and then it switches back and forth multiple times here between the two <laughs> there's the rich beef stew no jean Quis healing incense Fitz is getting nauseous here he lost track of who i was of what it was important and I don't know who says it, but I don't know. I whispered, I don't understand any of this. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then they kind of go back and forth, and it's kind of realizes, like, yeah, this is what it is to be King Shrewd. It's, you know. The fool brings it back by saying, know. as I told you, you can only understand a thing when you become it, which is very interesting because the fool doesn't know he's talking to Fitz but this right. is kind of what Fitz needed to hear Fitz has really lost trust in Shrewd he is thinking the worst of him he thinks there's no reason for me to go back right I ha I am an old man basically I'm useless now and here he is now fully experiencing real age and real pain that come with that age and it is completely different. And also he's seeing the compassion that Shrewd has for his subjects and the pain that he has to endure every time there is a raid. Um, he Fitz says, I had never seen him like this, racked by the pains of age, but still relentlessly confronted by the pains of his subject. Is this what he must endure day after day? I fear it is, my liege, the fool replied gently. Come, let me help you get back into your bed. Surely tomorrow will feel better. True yeah. replies, no, we both know I will not. Yeah. It came from King Shrewd's lips, and I heard them, and knew that this was the debilitating truth King Shrewd bore every day. I was so terribly tired. Every part of me ached. I had not known that flesh could be so heavy that the mere bending of a finger could demand a painful effort. And then Shrewd again demands, did she die there? The fool looks at him sadly and recites, recites his list of yeah. what's happening or what happened or what will happen. 
just a lot of cruelty to all of the women of Silt Bay. Yep. Every single one he's listing out. I mean, he doesn't get through all of them, but you could tell that if he was not stopped, he would just go down the list and he doesn't know any of their names. He doesn't know if this is the Molly that he's speaking of. He just knows this one died this way. This one lives, but dies later. Like he, they're not good. It's not good news. <laughs> There's no. not a, oh, and this one lives happily ever after and actually slept through the whole thing and is fine. It's all horrible. It's terrible. And the fool is had to live through all of those things and mm-hmm. is now reciting them again to his king. Yeah. And, and Shrewd says, stop it. I, I beg you to stop and asks can't you tell me the of the one woman I saw? I suddenly could not recall her name, only that she was very important to me. The fool's like, I, you know, I can't tell you. The only way to know would be to go there. If you command it, I shall do as I'll, I shall do so. And true instead summons, tells him to summon Verity. Um, and obviously, like both he and the fool, and the fool says so, mm-hmm. know that they can't arrive in time to help fight but they're going to be there to help douse fires and comfort people and Jude wants them sent anyways right um on a lighter note <laughs> uh, uh shrewd decides he's not going to go to bed um he needs to yeah. stay up he needs to be there for his people even if he doesn't travel to silt bay silt bay thank you <laughs> Um, I keep thinking of it as Salt Bay, so, <laughs> um, anyway, so, but it says he, he demands that the fool brings him his robe and his buskins, which are a mountain kingdom type of shoe, which is specifically the type of shoe that John Quee gives to Burek, Fitz, oh, and, yeah. uh, hands on when they leave the kind that are soft and formless they're like leather so i thought that was interesting that it's like remnants of maybe the maybe shrewd is in fitz's head a little bit because this is definitely shrewd speaking fitz knows this isn't his life anymore um but Shrewd, I just thought that Shrewd was... has been to the Mountain Kingdom. Maybe he found them super comfortable. True, and just maybe, maybe. Wears them as house shoes. <laughs> That's definitely possible. But I just thought that was an interesting detail of maybe like a little slip of the the, the tongue. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is where that conversation that you, or that, um, that point that you mentioned earlier of Shrewd subjecting himself to discomfort because his people suffer as well Mm -hmm. is here um it's like shall i eat and be warm while bodies are cooling in the mud do you even and then the fool is like trying to counteract that he's trying to you know make the king sleep and rest and you know be healthy and the fool asks, do you think you do you think the discomfort you inflict on yourself will give even one child another breath my liege what happened at Silt Bay is done. Why must you suffer? Why must I suffer? I found a smile for the fool. Surely that is the same question that every inhabitant of Silt Bay asked tonight of the fog. I suffer, my fool, because they did. Because I am king. But more, because I am a man, and I saw what happened there. 
Consider it, fool. What if every man in the six duchies said to himself, Well, the worst that can fall the worst that can befall them has already happened. Why should I give up my meal and warm bed to concern myself with it? Fool by the blood that is in me, these are my folk. Do I suffer more tonight than any one of them did? What is the pain and trembling of one man compared to with what happened at Silt Bay? Why should I shelter myself while my folk are slaughtered like cattle? And the fool has like some like, hey, you could just, you know, I could say two words to Verity and everything the same would happen. You can just eat and rest mm -hmm. and it's the same outcome. And Shrewd kind of responds as in just like straight up, no. I spent my youth defining the borders of the six duchies to any who challenged them. Should my life be too valuable to risk now when there is so little left of it, and all of that riddled with pain? No, fool. Fetch my son to me at once. He shall skill for me, since my own strength for it is at an end this night. Together we shall consider what we see, and make our decisions as to what must be done. Now go. Go! He really has the sacrifice mentality. Mm -hmm. And, you know... When I on my first read through of this, I was like, "Wow, yeah!" Like when Ketrickin named Fitz as a sacrifice, like you are a sacrifice to your people, or whatever. I was like, "Wow, that's so powerful <laughs> and stuff." But rereading this, the Farseers really do have that mentality, yeah, ingrained in them as well. Mm -hmm. They are the good ones too. Like. Yeah, the good ones too. <laughs> they are ruling for their people, for the good of the six duchies, and they take it. Not quite as far as the Mountain Kingdom does. <laughs> yeah. But they have they all have that mentality in there because that's exactly what this is. Although I think Ketrikin would be eating and resting as well. And so would King Aod and Rurus, because <laughs> there's nothing else that can be done. Right. They're a little bit less um not compassionate because they're compassionate people too, but pragmatic yes, about certain things. Right. There's no need to cause extra suffering. For for yeah. no reason, because right. it's basically no reason. <laughs> but when, uh, I just want to point out when um, Fitz kind of realizes that it's, oh, this must be a dream. I mean, I'm King Shrewd or whatever, and I, I must mm -hmm. be in his body. I think that's when Shrewd kind of like, there's something wrong here and kind of like puts up walls and like distances himself a little right. bit. I wonder too if this is why the vision goes softer, um, yeah. because it's not Fitz's eyes anymore. Yeah. Kind of like in wit, whenever you can like see through a dog's eyes and it's more clear because dogs have better vision than humans. Right. Um, Fitz is younger and so doesn't his mm. eyes are probably a better That's true. has stronger vision, even though it's not the same as like a dog versus human. That's a good but point. A young person versus an older person who potentially has cataracts or just blurred vision from vision, years yeah. of looking at maps. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wonder too if this is more control being given to uh shrewd but also my own strength for skill is at its end this night is what shrewd says yeah and yet here fits is so is that just is skilling into somebody else's mind something you don't need that's all fits all of this is fits his own ability i would think so yeah Okay. I think Shrewd has the visions with the skill, like the erratic visions, mm -hmm. and sees things with the skill. 
Fitz was along for that ride, but I think all of the reaching out and touching Fitz's mind, and er, Shrewd's mind, excuse me, and going into Shrewd's brain and controlling his body, that's all Fitz. Mm. Interesting. Um, but uh, Shrewd kind of sits down and put his hands to his temple. I felt a painful smile crease my face as I found myself. So, boy, there you are. That's such an interesting phrase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my king slowly turned his attention to me. He was weary, but he reached his skill toward me to touch my mind as softly as blowing spiderweb. I reached clumsily, attempting to complete the skill bond, and it all went awry. Our contact tattered, fraying apart like rotten cloth. And then he was gone. I'm really curious as to what that would have been like if they could have actually gotten contact yeah what conversations would they have had i don't know maybe maybe shrewd would have asked fitz's opinion on what's going on because he like jade values different points of views Mm -hmm. um and fitz is trained and could answer decently well and also sometimes seeing things through the mind of a child or teenager in this case uh, simplifies things down and gives you a perspective you hadn't thought of before. So I think right. Shrewd would find that valuable. Yeah. But I wonder if this broke because Shrewd is tired and maybe he tried to take control of it. And in doing so, that broke the bond. I don't think a wall was being put up. I think this is something else maybe fitz's inability to fitz's inability once he realized he was skilling yeah (laughs) he's like "Uh uh-oh and it all shut off because it says i reached clumsily attempting to complete the skill bond so like we know from the training that Mm -hmm. in order to like bond you have to both reach out and like grab onto each other right in order to like fully you know communicate that bond together Mm -hmm. true did it very subtly very skillfully not a lot of skill but very skillfully and obviously he knows how to do it fitz doesn't really know how to do it he's only done it what like once before ever on accident yeah yeah and he doesn't know how to complete that so he does it he does it with too much force whatever no technique and just kind of or the connection i wonder too if it's a little bit of they're not close enough because we know the skill is heavily based on your relationship with that person in real life could be but i mean galen was able to connect with uh fitz well yeah, but... They had that connection on purpose, too. Yeah. I don't know. I guess that's, like, one way to skill, but I think the, like, connection of talking, especially with one person so low on energy, it would have to be a stronger... I mean, it's blood bond. Technically, yeah. I don't like, know. I, I, I don't think... Uh, personally, I don't think it's the bond thing. I think it's fits just not knowing how to skill. Okay. That's just personal opinion. Definitely could be lack of bond, but I think, I don't know. I think Fitz and Shrewd have known each other for a long time. They've had conversations more than what's on page. Right. But it's not his king. Verity's his right. king. That's and true. he just was betrayed by Shrewd yeah. and knows Shrewd would willingly give up Fitz's life. But like you said before, um, he gained new understanding tonight about like his compassion and like what he actually is thinking about True. things. But that doesn't, I mean, you still might need time to process that before you like truly forgive someone for Could be. having yeah. you almost murdered. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. 
back to my original question though i have a, a comment about that of like what could have went on with those conversations mm-hmm. i'm curious to think i'm just you know guessing about what what have might happened if they were able to have these conversations that maybe shrewd would listen to fits about what happened in the mountain kingdom hmm. with the ability to skill he might um have verity or himself teach fits or like actually you know like oh wow you are strong we need somebody else to do this stuff too need all the tools we can get and maybe put more training into the skill maybe become closer with something maybe fits would gain you know some semblance of mastery earlier and then a lot of the stuff later on in the series wouldn't happen Mm. i don't know it's it's really interesting to me to think that if this conversation could have happened, they could have seen each other's minds. I mean, Shrewd could have probably just, like, said, hey, show me what happened, and then Fitz could have just, like, let him into his mind and his memories, and then... Right. I don't know. I don't know if anything would have changed, though. I mean, maybe he would have known that, hey, somebody really is messing with my brain via skill, and I need to have all of the people... I need Verity to check every single one of these skill users to see what they're doing. Yeah. Um, Especially with knowing how deep the corruption is with Galen and how he literally tried to murder one of his kids. Right. Um, Then maybe he would have taken that more seriously or would have been able to have gotten Verity to take it more seriously to say, I looked through Fitz's mind and I think this is happening. But Shrew doesn't have that context, so he just feels like something's wrong but he doesn't know what because as far as he knows nobody knows how to get into his skin who would dare except for Fitz right (laughs) but yeah I don't know so I'm not even I don't know that he would like demand Fitz be trained better or like you know give Fitz more responsibility or anything I think he would still keep Fitz at arm's length and keep fits at the skill ability that he's at now because he has more pressing things to worry about with the uh war going on yeah. and his son potentially trying to usurp the throne but also maybe he would have went along with it because he likes regal better than verity so maybe it would have been one more obstacle for fits to face i don't know don't know i just feel like it's a missed opportunity opportunity for yeah different things to happen definitely like i don't know a path closed yep um so then the contact disappears after that failed trying to um, link each other's minds and it goes back to Fitz in the mountain kingdom he's on the floor of his bedchamber uncomfortably close to the hearth fire I was 15 and my night clothes were soft and clean the fire in the hearth had burned low my blistered fingers throbbed angrily the beginnings of a skill headache pulsed in my temples I moved slowly, cautiously as I rose. Like an old man? No. Like a young man, whose health was still mending. I knew the difference now. When Beer came at first light to bid me farewell, I was ready to ride with him. He just sat and thought for the rest of the night. Yeah. Um, first of all, this is where we see that Fitz also burned his fingers. Mm-hmm. Blistered his fingers. Um... I'm assuming that's because he reached in the fire because he was right next to the fire when it happened. Right. So I'm assuming like the depth of that feeling and his strength in that moment made shrewd move and his own body move and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Two, the beginnings of a skill headache pulsed in my temples. Is this the first skill headache we see? It is. 
and it is so casually written, Robin Hobb, <laughs> that we don't think anything of it. It's said with such, like, matter-of-factness uh-huh. of, like, oh, this is what it is. It's a skill headache. Capitalized skill. Like, this happens all the time. Yeah, except... This is the first time it's happened, so it's definitely from his injuries. And the first thing that we hear of a skill headache ever. Right. So, like... (sighs) I wonder if the reason he's so sure that's what it is is because through Shrewd, he was feeling a headache start to form. Mm -hmm. And so he just assumed, like, oh, he got one too, and it's not his headache blending it bleeding in it was like oh because he used too much skill right he also got a skill headache that's just what it is leftover feelings from failing in the skill as well Mm -hmm. and so much like inadequacy built into his psyche and self-esteem issues with the skill that i don't know like i yeah well he's not gonna ask anything about it (laughs) i just wanted to point it out because it's mentioned so casually that the reader believes that it is something normal. And then later when we're like, yeah, you shouldn't get headaches. We're like, what? <laughs> yeah. At least I was like, I was reading through. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's right. First book fits didn't have headaches. So <laughs> <laughs> an easy way to catch you off guard and be like, yeah, totally. Skill headaches for yeah. sure. That happens all the time. This is a, an absolutely tragic chapter. Yeah. Um, like I mentioned before, to me, this actually does read like a horror story. Mm-hmm. It's some, You're locked in, in a body watching something happen far away, and you can't change it. You can't look away. It's terrible things happening. Yeah. I Yeah. This is... It's terrible. But this was really important, an important thing to happen. Oh, very. Um, it gives... Fits the context of... I need to stop being such a whiny little baby. (laughs) My life is not that bad. (laughs) And I do not have it as bad as old people. (laughs) Which is, I think, the main message we should be taking out of this chapter, right? maybe a bit ageist. (laughs) Right? Okay. Also, a thought that I had. But, I don't know, maybe it's more lamenting that youth, there's so much more promise ahead. Whereas once you're old, you're old. Um, True. I don't know. How old was Robin Hobb when she wrote this book? No idea, actually. So... We'll have to look that up, but, <laughs> but yeah, I think this also plays a major part in Fitz as a whole. We already know that he punishes punishes himself whenever he feels like he's done wrong or someone else has been wronged because of him. Um, but I think this cemented the idea of no matter how bad I am hurting, I have to stand up for the people that I love and the ones that I love because his grandfather set that example for him. Right. And so that's why he keeps putting himself back in these situations of I could die doing this, but at the end of the day, I'm doing it because I'm going to save my loved one. I'm going to help the people that need to be helped that I can do something about. And I think that's just an interesting takeaway to get from all of this. It could have gone any number of ways, but. (laughs) So is Fitz happy? Definitely not. (laughs) I think he's hopeful, though. He thinks At least determined. At the end of this, when he decides to ride back, he thought his life was completely over. He was going to have to start again. And he was fine with that in his head. Mm -hmm. But I think he's hopeful for the future at least in the fact that 
I can heal, I can get better in terms of himself. Right. I mean, he's obviously not happy about a lot of things that have happened right. and well, he potentially just Molly maybe dying and right. a whole town yeah. was murdered. There's a lot of things that he's he's not happy about. Right. But I think he's more hopeful for himself at this yeah, point. That's fair. Than he was at the end of last chapter at least. Definitely. And I don't know. He has better perspective. I think it was important for him to gain that perspective because Definitely. He wouldn't have sought to get get that perspective on his own by his own means. So Thanks for listening to this one. It was a it's a tough one to go through. Mm-hmm. Um there are more difficult chapters in the future. <laughs> this was definitely an important one to read and go through and talk about because it marks a couple changes for Fitz's character. Um for insights on Shrewd and the Fool. For what's happening in the war. <laughs> yeah, and for what's happening in the war. What's going on. It definitely marks a, a different shift in the mood for the six duchies. Because, you know, Verity can't you know, skill 24-7 for a full year in a straight and then survive. So that shifts to, like it was mentioned earlier in the chapter, making warships instead. and mm-hmm. A lot of things are going to be changing. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, If you have any questions for us, if you have any theories of your own or thoughts on, you know, what has happened in the previous few chapters or wherever you're at in the story, please reach out and let us know. Uh, You can email us directly or find us on social media. It is fits happy and our emails at Gmail. So is fits happy at gmail.com. Look forward to hearing from you. <laughs> Did you enjoy the break that we had? Uh, yeah, it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Anything special that you wanted to do that you got done? Just relaxing. Um... I was happy to not have to edit for a while, so. Yeah, I guess you do a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, no, well, I still had to make memes, so I... True, true. I didn't get... Uh, I mean, I didn't really do anything that much different. So I guess all we've really done uh, is pre-record an episode so we can be an episode ahead, which is nice. <laughs> That'll be good for us. More Because holiday season is upon us. Spoopy season. <laughs> <laughs> It's my favorite season. I wish we could have have we could have a Halloween. Yeah, honestly, that'd be so nice. But you know, be safe, everyone. <laughs> yes, as there's a plague at our door. <laughs> hey, that's pretty spooky. That is you know? <laughs> very, very Hallow's Eve of us. <laughs> Everyone's America's up really as... getting into the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone dressing up as uh, plague doctors and things. Yeah, I am trying to work on a new website. But we'll Ooh, see yeah. how soon I can get that up. It's a lot of work, so <laughs> neither of us are best. experts. No, so. you are a... better than I am, though. Well, that's for sure. I've had a little bit more practice, but all of my websites have been private, so I've never a little bit more practice yeah. compared to my zero. So. Yes, <laughs> so works out. So hopefully that goes up soon. We'll see. We don't want to promise anything. No promises, but hopefully within this book series, we have a new website, but we'll promote that whenever it is up and running. Hard goal 
for the next trilogy, we'll have a new website. <laughs> Soft gold by the end of this book, at least. One year from now, next year's <laughs> Halloween.